for episode of our Random Talks in the Star Trek series. Today we will talk about the character of Captain James T. Kirk. And my guest today is Tommy from Trek Canon. James Tiberius Kirk is a fictional character in the Star Trek media franchise. Originally played by the Canadian actor William Shatner, Kirk first appears in Star Trek serving aboard the starship USS Enterprise as captain. Kirk leads his crew as they explore new worlds, new civilizations, and boldly go where no man has gone before. Often the character of Spock, Alan and Bones McCoy act as his logical and emotional soundings board, respectively. Kirk has also been portrayed in numerous films, book, comics, webisodes and video games. Kirk appears in the Star Trek episode The Man Trap, broadcast on September the 8th, 1966. Although the first episode recorded featuring Schnettner was Where No Man Has Gone Before, which retained many elements of the first pilot, The Cage. Schnettner continued in the role for the show's three seasons and later provided the voice of the animated version of Kirk in Star Trek The Animated Series. Shatner returned to the role of Star Trek, the motion picture as six subsequent movies. American actor Chris Pine portrayed an alternative young version of the character in the 2009 Star Trek films of J.J. Abrams. Pine reprised his role in Star Trek Into Darkness and in Star Trek Beyond. Paul Wesley is set to portray the main timeline curve onto the Paramount Plus series of Star Trek Strange New Wills, set prior to Kirk's captaincy of the Enterprise. Other actors have played the character in fan-created media, and the character has been the subject of multiple spoofs and satires. James Tiberius Kirk was born in Riverside, Iowa on March 22-23, where he was raised by his parents George and Leona Kirk. Although born on Earth, Kirk lived for a time on Tarsus IV, where he was one of the nine surviving witnesses to the massacre of 4,000 colonists by Codus the Executioner. James Kirk's brother, George Samuel Kirk, is first mentioned in What Are Little Girls Made Of? and introduced and killed in Operation Annihilate, leaving behind three kids. Kirk became the first and only student at Starfleet Academy to feed the Kobarashi Miru test, garnering at commendations for original thinking after the reprobed to computer to make the no-win scenario winnable. Kirk was granted a field commission as an ensign and posted to advanced training about on board the USS Republic. He was then promoted to lieutenant junior grade and returned to Starfleet Academy as a student instructor. According to a friend, students could either think or sink in his class, and Kirk himself was a stack of books with legs. Upon graduation, 
acting in the top 5%. Kirk was promoted to lieutenant and served aboard the USS Farragut. While assigned to the Farragut, Kirk commands his first planetary survey and survived a deadly attack that killed a large portion of the Farragut's crew, including his commanding officer, Captain Garnovic. Kirk became Starfleet's youngest captain after receiving command of the USS Enterprise for a five-year mission, three years of which are depicted in the original TV series. Kirk's most significant relationships in the television series are with First Officer Spock and Chief Medical Officer Dr. Lennon Bones McCoy. McCoy is somehow to whom Kirk unburdens himself and is a foil to Spock. Robert Jewett and John Shelton Lawrence, the myth of the American superhero, describe Kirk as a hard-driving leader who puts himself and his crew beyond human limits. Terry J. Erdman and Paula M. Block in their Star Trek One Primer note that while cunning, courageous and confident, Kirk has also a tendency to ignore Starfleet regulations when he feels the end justifies the means. He is the quintessential officer, a man among men and a hero for ages. Although Kirk throughout the series becomes romantically involved with various women, when confronted with a choice between a woman and the Enterprise, his ship always will win. Well, hello Tommy, and thank you for joining me again. It is a little while ago, but welcome again. Thank you. Thank you for having me already. It's good to be here. Well, I think we have a thing of uh, talking about TOS and canon. Mm-hmm. So today my subject is the character of James T. Kirk. Captain Kirk himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, for the first question is, an, like, what is your general opinion about James T. Kirk? Well, in, in my humble opinion, he is the second best Starfleet captain of the Star Trek series to me. He's, he's uh, the epitome. He's the basic foundation. He's the building blocks of what all the, um, you know, captains after him and even in the prequels still after him, you know, uh, he set the template. Is there anything you'd like to share with us um, about James T. Kirk when you first saw him on TOS? Well, when I first seen uh, Kirk on TOS, man, I had to be about six or seven years old watching it with my dad but um he always struck me as a uh, as a real strong you know he could beat he beat any of the aliens and the bad guys he was the hero of the show you know um yeah back in back in those days before i could really get into you know the, i guess the dynamics of a character he was just you, you already you always knew that it was going to be some trouble but he was going to find a way to get out of it well, we see, of course, James T. Kirk as, of course, the captain, but also someone who is a very ladies' man. So, what is your experience and opinion about 
God. You know, I'm probably one of the rare people uh, who uh, know about Kirk who will say that Captain Kirk, when it came to uh, being a ladies' man, right, when it came to that, I think it was just his charisma. But as far as him actually flirting and actually doing anything that um, dealt with, uh, you know, getting into relationships or anything like that, believe it or not, Captain Kirk, um, I think it was only maybe twice that uh, that something like that has happened. Every time else, it's always been because of the mission or because of uh, some information that he needed to gather or something like that. Because, you know, Kirk, Kirk and Mary, man, man, he can't be out there gallivanting like that. <laughs> so do you have any favorite episodes with Kirk? Oh, look, always, always it's going to be City on the Edge of Forever. That's always my favorite TOS episode and you know also like the episode court martial because it goes into a lot of um you know what makes kirk kirk if we look at his career is there something you noticed about kirk what you say okay that's make him the captain um but like uh, any notable things that you know, you'd be like, oh, okay, now I see why he's the captain of the ship. Is that what you mean? Mm, yeah. Oh man. From one thing about Kirk is that they've always pitted him against um, almost fantastical type um, beings and almost near, like just like with the Kobayashi Maru, almost near inescapable situations. You know. Um, I've always said that he kind of MacGyvers his way out of situations and, you know, and he finds a way to save the ship and the crew. So I guess the first time that I've ever really noticed that, oh, yeah, this 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 is the guy, you know, it's probably going to be how he handled things. And what was it? Uh, his first episode, uh, Man Trap, I believe it was, how he handled the salt, uh, salt monster. So, yeah, um, yeah, I knew he was going to be, you know, I knew he was going to be all right. Is there anything of him that you say, um, I really don't like that about him? Well, uh, what I really don't like about Kurt, you know, and I know it's going to be even, even now when I look at Kurt, they wrote him so well that, uh, I really don't see any standout flaws or anything that I would consider something that would hinder him. Um, holding the status that he does. Um, I mean, even with how he deals with people on a personal level, he's always been, um, you know, just an honorable type guy, you know, a straight shooter. Um, you're, you know, basic seeming, but real strategic and, you know, tactical. He's always been that way. As far as shortcomings, though, well, I'm going to have to say yes, probably one. And it's going to be how much he messes with the timeline. Mm. Yeah. So that was uh, about uh, your dislikes. What do you like about him? Say again. What do you like about Kirk? Oh, I like man. Pretty much everything else. I like his um, honor. I like his charisma. Um, I like his ability to not accept the no-win situation. Um, I like the devotion that he shows his crew and his ship. 
and the I guess the attention that he plays to the mission that he has. Um, you know, Kirk could be easygoing, you know, have short leave and laugh and everything like that, or he could be serious. Kirk is just, like I said, he's he's the foundation, he's the mold. That's why he's the second greatest captain in Starfleet. Well, that's your first greatest captain. Oh, you you know that's Benjamin Sisko. You know, that's always Benjamin Sisko. Yes, Captain Sisko is he's 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 my first favorite captain. So what I like uh, about James T. Kirk is that at the moment that it allows him that he had those wise quotes and they really um, write that really good for him because, yeah, we know Kirk is Kirk and, but although he can be very annoying and but he has his moments and one thing i really liked that one episode i really liked was a uh, short leaf that mm -hmm. he was thinking about uh finnegan his nemesis <laughs> and that he had to fight him again like old times and um, I think that was one of the episodes that um, he showed that um, he is capable of both things, like being serious as a captain, but also have a relaxing and fun time. Mm -hmm. Hey. You know what was interesting about that run in with Finnegan is right when he first seen him, you could tell that he was actually like surprised, like why why are you here? But as they started to fight, you can also tell that even though he was curious about it, he was genuinely having fun at reliving this, you know, re reliving this interaction with Finnegan. You know, he had the little smiles and grins on his face even when, you know, he had the bloody lip. You know, he was still he you could tell he was enjoying. That that memory, although that was his nemesis, it was a it was a joyful part of his academy days. Yeah, yeah. So, have you ever met the actor who plays Kirk, William Shatner? Man, if I had look, no short short answer, no. Long answer, <laughs> if I had, I would have pictures. Like every time you see me on anything. I would have a framed picture of uh, signed by Captain James T. Kirk, <laughs> always just carrying it around with me. I'd probably have it hanging from my chain or something like that. But if you no, would, I if, you, if you would meet him, what would you like to ask him? Actually, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't really have anything to ask him. I would just simply say to him, um, you know, sir, I really, really appreciate everything you've done in. Um, for science fiction and for me as a result and i would just walk away okay mm -hmm. okay what about you what, what if you met william shatner what would you what would you say to him um actually it is not star trek related and i ah. would talk with him about his flight into space oh okay yeah i'm with you i'm with you and I am with you. 
that was really interesting and I do think that they um, and especially um, the one who put that all together um, he wasn't been hurt as what were his experience were and I think if I would encounter him or meet him on a Star Trek event or whatever um, yes I would thank him as well as what he did for Star Trek and for uh, the space program etc but I also would like to hear his experience Ah, okay, okay. That's because what I'm talking about. Have you have you um seen that space trip of him? Yes, I did. And you know, um it, it, okay, I have mixed emotions. I have mixed emotions about it, right? Not nothing bad, but this is the thing. Um when Scotty passed, they took yeah. his ashes, some of his ashes, and they put them into space. Um, when, you know, so it's pretty cool that Kirk is able to basically, cause in my head, it kind of goes like this. Kirk went up to space, right? And somewhere in space, he shot, he, he gave that speech that he gave for Scotty, I mean, for, uh, Spock and, you know, he just shot Scotty's, uh, ashes out in this little torpedo thing. That's the, when I imagine that version of Atlantic, um, flight. I believe that was who it was. When I when I imagine that, that's that's what I imagine. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh. I don't know why, but that's what I imagine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Um. So let's so let's talk about, talk about uh, Kirk's kung fu. Kirk's kung fu. <laughs> <laughs> Not the kung fu. Look, 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 look. First of all, it's this martial art that only Starfleet personnel know. I think that teach them. I think they teach it to them when they uh, working with Lieutenant Nguyen Soon for uh, security. They learn. Everybody learns this. It is the double hand. I mean, the double palm. You know, just straight overhand hammer thing or the judo chop. Look. All Starfleet personnel know that. Kirk is a master at the chop. <laughs> Nobody chops better than Kirk. <laughs> I didn't see Kirk hit people with the judo chop, one in the side, one up at the top, like super quick. Kirk is, look. Now, a lot of people also don't realize that Kirk is also, well, of course they got to realize this. Kirk is an awesome fighter. It's probably why the Kleons have a problem with him, even the hand-to-hand combat. Because think about it this way. <clears throat> Kirk, in engineering, once, see, you thought I was going to talk about the Gorn, but nope. Kirk fought somebody even, you know, almost equal to that. He fought Khan in the engineering room all by himself and won. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, now, if that doesn't show that he is a master at his chop kung fu, then hey, I don't know, I don't know what to say. Yeah, yeah, uh, Kirk is a he's a very accomplished uh, um, combatant. Mm-hmm. 
whether it's with his ship or his, with his hands. He's very accomplished. So, uh, I don't know if you have saw that already, but there are pictures of Kirk's Kung Fu doing the rounds. And <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> you haven't? Oh, no, geez. I have not. You know you're not saying something to me, right? You know you're gonna have to send some on time. I have some of them on my computer, so I will I will send you that because you're going to laugh. It's really funny. <laughs> oh yeah, you know you know I have to act. You know I have to put it somewhere that people can see it. I put it as my profile picture, something. You know is is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta laugh. This is one what I said also. That's why I ask always people uh, who likes Kirk and or TOS about Kirk's Kung Fu. <laughs> and you can always see that also um, uh, when he fights the Gorn. And talking about the Gorn, let's talk about Kirk Feas the Gorn. Ah, from the arena. So we finna talk about, see, we're not gonna, see, we're not gonna, this is gonna be the first time anybody hears this and it's gonna be on your channel and it's gonna be Instead of Kung Fu, it's going to be Kirk Fu. So, let's talk about Kirk's Fu. Let's talk about Kirk versus the Gorn. One of the most memorable uh, fights. Episodes and fights. Yeah, yeah it, in all of the original. matter of fact, in all of Trey. All right, Kirk versus the dude in the lizard outfit. Now... <laughs> really tell um when practical effects wasn't really at their greatest you know and when there was a total lack of cgi you can always tell what they were trying to do but the execution like i said because of the budget or be, you know and because of the you know lack of computer animation at the time some of the some of the monsters was kind of kind of cheesy and you know the going first going was he was one of those, you know, the hoarder from Devil in the Dark 2, but I'm not even going to get into that. Now, here we go. Kirk is supposed to be fighting this dude that we don't even know anything about, right? Kind of find out that this guy is a tank, almost indestructible, but moves very slow. Now, we see Kirk's use, you know, we see his Kirk fool owner going you know he runs up on him try to do the few of the chops that didn't work all right going swings at him he ducks go around try to do the double fist now you notice after that he ran he kind of ran out of how the things to try and go on as far as hand to hand because remember that's the only thing they teach you in starfleet academy the double fist the chop all right sometimes they might teach you a drop kick okay but that's for advanced students now <laughs> oh <laughs> You know, we've we've seen Kirk do the, you know, we've seen him do the drop kick, you know, the one leg drop kick. You know, we've seen him do it. But um, here's the thing that I'm talking about as far as with Kirk's intelligence. Now, Kirk says, "All right, I can't fight this dude because this dude is way too strong, too indestructible, but he's slow. So let me try ranged items. So what he do? He's all right. Let me throw some rocks at it. All right, that didn't work. Let me try some bigger rocks. All right, that didn't work. Let me go up to the top of this cliff and just kick over a boulder on this dude. All right, that didn't work. All right, we gonna need to make something that at least fire some rocks with some more force than I'm able to generate from throwing it off the top of this hill here. You know what I mean? So his his 
his intelligence when it comes to uh, fighting, like I say, with his ship and in hand-to-hand combat is kind of unmatched. He's the dude's pretty awesome. So it's in one way. I always when I see that episode, I always have to laugh because he fighting the Gorn is just silly and <laughs> funny and yeah it's just it, it always makes me laugh and especially with the Kirk Kung Fu it was yeah it's just Kirk you know um you see, only... what makes it what, what makes it funny though is it's the dude in that outfit right if if they had like if they had predator level um special effects like when Arnold Schwarzenegger was fight can you imagine if in Predator, for instance, they had Predator with just some dude in a, you know, like a little mask or something like that with this little plastic suit on and he fighting Arnold Schwarzenegger, it wouldn't have had, it would have been cheesy, just like, you know, you're remembering this. But if they was to do, if they was to do that episode, like um, redo that fight to where they could make the going the way it's supposed to look and say now Trek, I think it would add so much more weight. Uh, to what Kirk was actually doing, to where it wouldn't. But what makes it cheesy to me, and I, I'm thinking to you, is this dude in this outfit. <laughs> and why it, it is, is because you can. It was almost like you know uh, somebody who got into the costume of Toys R Us. You know that is <laughs> standing outside and say, "Hey, come come inside. We are Toys R Us," and you know. That thing. One of the Barney, one of the Barney dinosaurs got away. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give me a call. So uh, you already mentioned it, uh, Kirk and the Klingons. So um, I think one of the memorable ones is also uh, Trouble with Tribbles. Oh, of course, classic. And so, um, what is your opinion how Kirk was against and with the Klingons and the fighting around that? Well, the Klingons. Are you talking about uh, just just from the, like for instance, him and the Klingons with that station or just overall? Overall. Okay. See... I would say that the Klingons and Kirk have a love-hate relationship, but it's just straight hate. They just have a straight hate relationship with each other. Out of all the captains in Starfleet, admirals, commodores, any of your flag officers, uh, nobody is more hated and equally, by the way, more feared by the Klingons than Kirk. Right? Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is because, you know, the the Klingons value um, honor and your warrior spirit, your warrior ability. All right. Now we just talked about Kirk Fu. All right. Kirk Fu worked against the Gorn. All right. Kirk Fu almost worked against Spock. Matter of fact, every time Kirk goes up against Spock, it never works out all that well. But <laughs> Kirk Fu worked on Kai. Now we had touched on this a little bit, but it basically starts like this in, in my eyes. Now we know that the Cleons have spies in their ranks, all right? We've mm-hmm. seen them in the trouble in trials. I mean, uh, the trouble with tribbles, you know, they can change how they look, remove the ridges and everything. They could be spies that look human, all right? So we know they have spies, which means they have people that's probably on Earth. That being said, they know all about the test of the Kobe Ayashi Maru, okay? 
they know that this is a test that's supposed to be unbeatable and it's based on none other than at the time uh, a non-beatable or nigh non-beatable race which was the Klingons all right so here it is. Nobody's able to beat the Klingons in this game, man. This game is just putting a fear of putting a putting a fear of just everything about Klingons into all these Starfleet cadets, right? And here it is. You got this dude come along and he beats it. Not only beats it, but he gets a commendation for beating it. All right. So already the Klingons is like, what's up with this dude? All right. Then this same guy proceeds to survive. Two almost unsurvivable situations. One where he was a colonist on um where, where those five thousand people got um killed and he was one of the remaining survivors. And when he was uh on a what was it, the Farragut, I believe it was, when that entity attacked and killed most of the crew and he was the only other survivor too. So we already know this dude is a survivor. Cleons know this too. And every single time that Kirk encounters the Klingon captain, no matter how bad this Klingon captain is, because first of all, to be a Klingon captain, you got to be bad. Every single one. I don't care if they were in an eye patch. I don't care if they have long hair and was in um, Back to the Future movie series. I don't care who they are. He is going to kill or defeat them all. And that is a testament, except for three. Except for three. Three survived. But except for that, no. And so that being said, they can't beat this dude with ships. They can't beat this dude one-on-one. -on -one. So this dude is very, like, he's one of the most respected people from, uh, you know, besides maybe Curzon in the Klingon Empire and feared. <laughs> I always make a joke that if Kirk was, if Kirk for any reason, Kirk was just to appear in, you know, like uh, the next generation time frame on, the Kitama Accords would be done. The Klingon's whole mission would be to to fight Kirk. That's their whole mission from the moment they know he's alive. That's how bad Kirk is with the Klingons. Talking mm -hmm. about the Klingons, what do you think, uh, if you see all the changes they make uh, during the old Star Trek series, like uh, the Klingons from TOS to the Klingons mm -hmm. in TNG and the, thing, uh, the Klingons in Discovery? Oh, okay, yeah, we don't talk about Discovery. But, <laughs> but I see what you're saying. And one of the greatest things that they did as far as um, canon, you know, benefits to canon, was the episode, what was it? It was an Enterprise episode. Matter of fact, it started with um, Trials and Tribulations in Deep Space Nine, where Odo had first addressed that inconsistency to Worf. You remember? Okay. Now, afterwards, they actually wrote a storyline in Enterprise as to why the Klingons of that time, of Kirk's time, looked like that because of the augment virus, you know? So it was pretty cool, you know, it, like, of course, like we were just talking about with the budget and everything like that, and, uh, you know, it, it was not <clears throat> financially feasible with the budget that they had in the episodes to do heavy makeup like they wanted to do with the Klingons. But by the time the motion picture came around, you know, they had an actual budget. So when the first Klingon got put on screen, which was, um, you know, uh, what was it, Star Trek II? Uh, when the first Klingon got put on screen and he had the full ridges and everything like that, yeah, let's carry that forward in the next generation because the next generation had the budget. But 
you, st you like you said, you still couldn't explain those clowns that didn't have the ridges, but they did in that episode, in those two episodes of uh, in that two parter of Enterprise with the augment virus. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. There was another annoying thingy that Kirkhart had, and oh, that she said thingy. He hated the tribbles. So Do you know why Cleons and Tribbles don't get along? <laughs> Just a simple thing of smell. They smell bad to each other. That's why they don't like each other. Is that weird? I'm telling you, that's the craziest thing ever. They no, destroy I, the whole... I remember yeah, I remember that episode with the uh, <laughs> <laughs> trouble with tribbles. And um but I what I mean the connection between the between Kirk and the Tribbles. Um, what's your opinion about that? That he used them against that. Uh, I think I thought it was Romulan, right? Romulan who had. Klingon. No, he used them against. He used them against a Klingon vessel. Yeah. Mhm. Mm sure did. Um, well, okay. I think okay. I, 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 there's nothing in canon that would support this, but this is what I honestly believe. Because there were tribbles that still existed in the episode, um, the trials, trials, you know, um, trials and tribulations. I mean, and the trouble with tribbles. Tribbles was around. Okay. Now, that being said, Kirk beams over tribbles to a Klingon bird of, I mean, Klingon uh, battle cruiser. Mm -hmm. All right. In which case, it's going to take a minute before the uh, tribbles start reproducing and all that kind of stuff and become an actual problem on the ship before the Klingons notice it. Now, that means that Kirk made an ecological disaster at minimum on at least one Klingon vessel. Now, let's say, for instance, though, this Klingon vessel, say, made it to a space station or to a Klingon moon or something like that, all right, before they realized that they had a tribble problem. That means that Kirk then caused ecological disaster on wherever this ship then touched down. Right, I could totally understand why the Klingons was like, "Nah, these things got to get eradicated." Kirk is using them as a as a weapon against us. Nope, we got to eradicate all these things. And I wonder if the if their desire to just eradicate all tribbles was a direct result of Kirk um, doing what he did. Because yeah, they were still bogus. I would have did it too, though. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I must say that that uh, little story with. Um, Kirk and uh, Scott talking about that. That he was asking every one of his senior staff, "Where the hell are the tribbles?" Of and mm -hmm. um, Scotty said, "Well, they are not here, but I transport them over to the uh, engineering of the uh, Klingon battle cruiser." Mm -hmm. And that was one of the moments that I w I was really thinking, "Okay, now I like." Uh, Kirk, his reaction, and that was the same reaction, or well, same reaction, uh, also in the Trouble with Trouble episode, when, um, because the Klingons were on that station, um, they had got into a fight with Scotty and a, a Chekhov and two more, and so Kirk was giving them a talk of, uh, guys, we are Starfleet officers, don't do that. It's going to be in, uh, we're going to be in uh, trouble. Mm -hmm. 
And so nobody wanted to say why and who started the fight. And Kirk sent them away and only except Scotty. And he says, Scotty, you have to tell me what the heck happened. And then he said, well, they were insulting me. They were insulting you as the captain of the Enterprise. But then they were insulting the beautiful lady Enterprise. And that's what hit him. <laughs> not, not that they insulted K- uh, Kirk. No, it's the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Kirk understood because, look, the most important thing to Kirk above all else, even the crew, is his ship. Scotty knows this. That's why he keeps it in top-notch order. And Scotty loves his ship as well. So he was like, so they saw all of us, and you didn't do that? Yeah, man, they insulted the ship. Oh, yeah, okay, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, okay, I understand that. That was good. Right, see you later, man. <laughs> <laughs> he should have just put a way to go on that. Way to go, Scotty, way to go. <laughs> that should have been that right there. Oh, yeah, man. Kirk is, uh, what do you think of, um, let me see his family. You know, you know about his family, right? Yeah, I I, uh, I remember that episode uh, about his sister and that was something wrong. And then his nephew. Um, I think that was one of the episodes that he was very f- vulnerable. And... Yeah. But he had all, and, and we're coming to a um, episode again. What I really loved, and that was the episode when he Bones and Spock went out camping. Uh, you talking about the movie? Was that the movie? I think I you're talking remember. about six. Yeah, I think you're talking about six. Like, wait, row, row, row your boat. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was the movie. So, the what I really do love about Kirk is that he has that connection with special people. So, mm-hmm. like Bones and Spock as his friends, and then his family that is very important to him. And um, I do think that, in one way, maybe they wrote him like that. Mm-hmm. And... Now you can see that they made Captain Pike even more like that. So, yeah, I do like him in that way. You know, what I always thought was very dynamic about the writing of uh, that trio, Spock, Bones, and, and, uh, and uh, Kurt. Mm. The, thing about them, the thing about them was is that how well their personalities complimenting each other Kirk yeah. being the balance Spock being that logic and bones being the emotion you know yeah, yeah. if you look at other um dynamics I guess in, in you know for instance like the next generation mm-hmm. you get the next generation you know um I guess you could say okay well Picard represents the balance uh um Riker could be the uh the, the warrior and data could be the logic and intelligence but mm. we know that Picard exudes. Well, he don't. He's not the best warrior in the world, but he exudes the you know intelligence and thoughtfulness. So, um, you know, when you look at a lot of the other dynamics between um, 
characters. The only other people who come as who even come close to Kirk, uh, Spock, and um, Bones would probably be Cisco, Kira, and Dax to me. Mm. You know, they the their personalities complement each other so well, but yet they are all so very different. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I always thought that that was a, a very good dynamic that they had writing Kirk and Spock and, and Bones and always having them three be the main focus when they're on a planet or um, or um, having us see through their eyes. Yeah. It's almost like uh, the golden tree from Harry Potter. Uh-oh, you brought up Harry Potter. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I'm about the only person on this planet who couldn't tell you about it? The only thing I know about Harry Potter is that's the name of it. That Oh, wait, and there's some wizards. That's it's it. That's it. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is it. So my next point is uh, nine of the ten times Kirk was overruling. Of, he threw the rules overboard. What, what do you mean through the rules? Or like, what do you mean through the rules overboard? Like, just like, I ain't caring about rules. You're talking about what you mean? Like, ah, damn rules. What, what I what, mean what? is that, uh, of course, as a Starfleet officer, you have rules and regulations of mm-hmm. how to approach planets or situation or whatever. And what I always see of Kirk is that he, yes, he is following the prime directive, but... Mm-hmm. None of the ten times he also follow his own instinct to get into situations or solve situations, and that is not always f- following the rules of Starfleet. Exactly, and that was the thing about him, um, and is it was much more prevalent back in the TOS days because you're way you're way out. In unknown space, you know, days or weeks away from any type of federation help and assistance, even communication, you know, and these people had to make these kind of decisions, be able to make these kind of decisions on the fly. But the thing about Kirk, I think Kirk, it wasn't that he necessarily he used rules, the rules and regulations as a hop off sport point from how he's thinking. We'll do it that way. If if everything was was if everything was everything, you know, by the book, if the situation he was in was something by the book, you know, Kirk would be by the book. But like I said, he was dealing with stuff that was like near unbeatable or godly level, you know, type beings, you know? Like think of Trelane. Here you are stuck on a planet which later we find out that this dude is probably some kind of young Q so in other words you're stuck on a planet with a guy right who want to use you as a, a toy you stuck on a planet with Apollo who is another guy who want to use you as a toy <laughs> you know you stuck on a planet with um, people with psycho with um, telekinetic abilities that make them almost like guys and they run they're using you like a puppet you know what I mean? So there was a lot of situations where your know, typical Starfleet captain wouldn't have been in. And if they had have used the book, they would have been destroyed. Like, think of, um, what was it? Um, I forget the name of the episode, but I think Kirk and them ran up on um, some civilization where uh, where the starship had went down or something like that. And the people found a piece of the action. 
you know, if he handled things by the book, you have situations like that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he has to think outside the box. How do I get these people to, how do I not ruin these people's civilization, but still put them on some type of path? All right, yeah. we'll make the... We make the Federation the big boss. You, you, you know what I mean? Of course, that's not in the regulations, but that was the best he could do for that. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's one thing I still want to ask, and that is, who is your favorite Kirk? We have, of course, in the years, uh, a few Kirks that have been cast for, as well as the movies, as the series, as well, the J.J. Abrams movies, in a way. So, who's your favorite Kirk? Let me see. It's been what? Um, it's about to be what? Four Kirks. Let me see. William Shatner, that little kid that played in the J.J. Abrams movie. Um, yeah. the, the adult one. Um, okay. From that other movie. And the one that they're supposed to be featuring in this season of Strange New Strange Worlds. New World, which yeah. I haven't seen. Right. So, I'm going to have to say, first of all, the little kid is out of it. Um, his introduction as being Kirk was terrible, and he's out to run it. If that kid ever stole my car and did what he did, we would have problems mm-hmm. galore. So that's where the little kid is out. All right. Anything J.J. Abrams is out. So there we go. Eliminate all that. Um, but I like the OG Kirk. You know, I like mm-hmm. William Shatner. Nobody, nobody could be William Shatner like Kirk. Like when they put, uh, when they feature Lieutenant Kirk. Or probably, no, nah, they have to be Lieutenant Kirk because it couldn't be Cadet Kirk. He was never a Uhura's rank. So mm. when they when they feature uh, Lieutenant Kirk in um, Strange New Worlds, right? The the other one, not George. I mean, not Samuel, but uh, now yeah, when they I'm... feature him. Huh? Yeah, I know who you mean. All right. So when they feature him, I wonder if the actor will, because if he talks normally, you know, if he's not the over-the-top... You know, uh, Captain Pike, will you please? You know, if he's not, he's he's not like that. I'm sorry, it's not Kirk. I don't care what he looked like. He has to have the Kirk's mannerism. He has to have the the the, the pauses, the dramatic pauses, and everything. He got he got to have a, a, the uh, dramatic looks that Kirk has. You know, William Shatner. So that's why William Shatner will always be my dude. Well, they always can. Uh... Ask really of uh, Jim Carrey to uh, portray the young William Shatner. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you see that one. I hope you saw that one. Yes. But then yes. he did uh, the correct imitation, and I think William yes. Shatner did uh, had a comment on that too. <laughs> oh, I love when I love. You know what was his name? I think his name was something Pollock, Adam Pollock, or something. He's a comedian, right? Mm. He does the best Captain Kirk impression that I have ever seen anybody ever do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His Captain Kirk is flawless. But the actor who plays him in Strange New Worlds, I hope that, I mean, I hope that they can do it in a way that it stays true to how Kirk is, but not make a caricature of him. You know what I mean? But maybe, and, and I have that set also of Spock, Maybe you have to keep this in mind. The one who is going to play Kirk in Strange New World is playing a different Kirk than in TOS. Because mm-hmm. in TOS, Kirk is much older than when he was first on the Enterprise. 
True. Mm-hmm. And that's the exact same what I always say with Spock. Yes, nobody can defeat Leonard Nimoy with his Spock because he is the first Spock. But Ethan Peck is his, doing his that. His in the running. I don't know. I'm going to have to say his father, Mark Leonard, is in the running. Mark Leonard playing outstanding. Sarek, he playing outstanding Vulcan. I'm going to have to throw him in there. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah, OG Mark Leonard. No, him, is, him and Leonard, Le- Mark Leonard and Leonard Nimoy, best Vulcans ever. Yep. Yep. But, um, yeah, coming back to Kirk, I think uh, we all have to wait and see how he portrays Kirk. And bear in mind, he has to play a different Kirk than the Kirk we all know. Yes. But, okay, yeah. we just have to wait. Let's <laughs> see. So, what do you think of... Um... Okay, so we talked about his nephews. We talked about his brother. Um, what about his wife, Miramani? To be honest, Uh-oh. I never thought about that. I always saw, really? yeah, I always saw Kirk a little bit of not married. <laughs> to be honest. Oh no way! Yeah, Kirk Kirk been married since the original series. So well, she died, but he was married. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know, but okay. It's just, um, maybe that is one of the reasons he could be that free with women. So, all right, what do you mean free with women? Because you say that Kirk is a playboy. So what do you mean by that? You know, what, what, what facts do you have that support that he was a playboy? There, uh, I think that one had a pulse and had boobies. He would chase them. Okay, he would look and maybe comment, but chase them? No. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. See, all right. Here we go. Um, we talked about Miramani. He loved Miramani. All right, fine. What about when he was Kirk and not when he was Kirok? All right. He loved the android lady that... Um, that uh, Methuselah built. All right. Uh, he loved who else? He loved um, his son's mother, Dr. Um, oh, man. I don't believe I forgot her name. Anyway, from uh, what was it? The Oh, man. The one who made the Genesis Project. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Other than those three women, right? Almost everybody else has always been in an effort to gather information or as a means to an end of a mission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even when he was on shore leave, he was trying to get Scotty a hookup. <laughs> that didn't work out. All, that didn't work out all that well, but he was trying to get Scotty a hookup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's not. You know, they portray him like that in um, the J.J. Abrams, you know, you know, being in the bed with the Orion, Orion lady. But in, yeah, in all, even, yeah, 
to my knowledge, I mean, I don't think there's like every time that he came up, came on, a, came on to a person, a female or something like that, a la la, it was always because either she was integral to getting some information that he needed or he was trying to, you know, find some kind of way to interrogate or find out about maybe her father to see if she, he's, you know, if he was the actual dude that was killing people and all that kind of stuff and the mass murderer guy, you know, he, he was usually, Kirk is about his ship. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you? Yeah. Uh, what was it? Do, what was it? The naked time. Remember, everybody start um, tripping out and start um, basically losing their inhibitions, right? Mm-hmm. When when Kirk lost his inhibitions, it wasn't a female; it was his ship. <laughs> She's talking about I'll never lose you. Nah, it was his ship. So, yeah, if it's yeah. Matter of fact, let me see who else. The blonde lady that had the Medusin, right? He was getting next to her because he was trying to figure out what was going on with this Medusin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but normally, yeah, he's uh, he's normally pretty uh, pretty chill when it comes to, you know, the women. But he has charisma. Yeah, 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 yeah. That he has. She's like, yeah, he do. He use it all the time. <laughs> So mm-hmm. is there something you'd like to add that we don't have, didn't talk about yet about James T. Kirk? Well, um, that the Starfleet insignia that Kirk had for his ship was just for his ship during the original series. He was so bad. He was so bad at his, at his you know, at being captain. He was so ice cold mm. that it went over everywhere else. Let me see. He loves horses. Captain Picard left him under some rocks. We'll never forgive him for that. And when I say we, me, the Trekkies, and Captain Kirk himself will never forgive him for that, leaving him up under some rocks on a whole plane that don't nobody know of. Let me see. He was supposed to have died in the, um, on the Enterprise B. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was an admiral. Yeah, he was an admiral. Dude was awesome. Mm-hmm. Say the yeah. world and the universe several times. Yeah, dude is just awesome. Okay. Um. Well, thank you for this lovely conversation again. Yes, always and anytime, Arenda. So I think we will talk soon again because I got a lot of topics I still want to talk, especially of TOS. So I know where to find mm-hmm. you. Ah, yeah, you sure do. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I I enjoyed it as always, Rinda. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Dear listeners, thank you for listening. Join me next time for a newer extra episode in the Star Trek series of Rinda Talks. You can listen and subscribe to Rinda Talks on the YouTube channel or join the Facebook group. If you'd like to comment or talk with me about the episode, you can reach out on the Facebook group or the YouTube channel. I also like to tell you about my other podcast called Girls Talking Trek. Together with my co-host Amanda, we recap every two weeks a Star Trek episode starting with Star Trek TNG. All the episodes will be recapping chronically following. We will approach each episode with humor and a feminine look. Girls Talking Trek is also to listen, follow and subscribe on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, the Facebook group, and the YouTube channel. See you next time.
Thank you.